0: Oh, that was such an intro. Guys, I'm so excited to be here. Um, For those of you who don't know, which I think everybody at this point does, me and Shannon are both talkers and we love to talk. So we were so excited to plan this specific type of topic for you guys because it's also something we're both super passionate about that we've been doing for such a long time Um, on both ends. We've been, you know, doing it ourselves and then we've been coaching and training clients for a lot of years through this kind of stuff. So I'm stoked. What about you, Shan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I know when you when you first joined uh the team, I you and I clicked right away because we had that bodybuilding background because we know like the blood, sweat, and tears that really goes into changing your physique. And a lot of reasons that people are here is they want to change their physique. And there's just so much involved and doing that and it takes time it takes concentration it takes purpose determination um and just really a lot kind of some sacrifice if you will you know and you know how that is michelle i mean going into these contests and i you know we're not trying to say everyone's going to do a competition here but you have to train hard in order to to sculpt those muscles but anyway like you said i could keep talking (laughs) (laughs)
0: I know. And that's what we said that already. We were like, heads up, guys, we're both talkers. This is probably going to be a part one and there will definitely be a part two down the line somewhere. Um, But I think that's like a really good like jump off point for us. We're going to be all over the place. Just stay with us. I always try to say I'm like the hot mess express. Just try to stay with the train of thought over here. Um, But I think that's a good jump off point to kind of say that this isn't about like you, you wanting to enter a bodybuilding show. Like we're not saying like, all you guys right now, oh my God, who wants to like get on stage in a, you know, bikini or a swimsuit and show off their muscles. But I feel like, and I've said this to Shannon before, I feel like bodybuilders have, it's an, it's a super unique niche sport and it shows such dedication to something and such sacrifice that's required. I mean, I guess you could definitely make that argument for other sports as well obviously um but with this one it's like extreme and the crazy thing is you can give a million trillion percent to to this specific type of sport show up on the day of and you're just not the best on that stage and you have to kind of self-adjust and I would say almost just be in it for the you versus you mentality, which is something we'll talk about a little today and keep it really specific. Like I've had to do that over the years where it's like, listen, it's not about, did I get like first place? Did I get second place? Whatever. It's more about like, what did I get out of it? Did I bring my best? Did I give my best to like my prep, like for the show? Like how did I feel When I actually got on stage. So we're gonna talk about like how to bring that intensity into your workouts, whether it's at the home, whether at home, at the gym, whatever the case might be, and to kind of like take a little bit of that body body, bodybuilding mentality and like put it into like your training specifically. Um, and really just how to get better workouts and like better focus. That's gonna be our center. Awesome. Beautiful. Um, okay. So I did want to do a little, not nothing too intense. Cause I know a lot of you guys already know us. Um, but just a little like intro, like background. So I'll go first again. I'm sure a lot of you guys already know me. Um, but I've been in personal training, health coaching and bodybuilding for 10 years now, which is really crazy to say. Um, I got my start at a corporate health gym, New York sports club for anybody who's on the East coast over here. Um, And I started bodybuilding a little bit before that. I actually got into the sport because my sister was a bodybuilder once upon a time, a very long time ago. And it was so new. Like this was like 12, 13 years ago. Now this sport was like not what it is today. And I remember going to the show and I was, I'm like four years younger than her. So I was pretty young at the time. I think I was like 15 or 16. And I was like this is so weird. Why would anyone ever want to do this? I was like, why would you want to get on a stage in a bikini in front of like a bunch of strangers? I was like, I do not understand this at all, but I thought the muscle was really cool. I was like, this is awesome. And then of course, as it always works out, cut to like three or four years later, I was like, I want to compete. This is so cool. I was like, I got into it for the personal challenge. Like, obviously, like Jen said, I like marathons. I like running. I like Any crazy stuff that like challenges me to be a better version of myself, but also to keep my training incentivized because I feel like, and you guys, some of you may have dealt with this already, but you will deal with this down the line because like we preach in the squad all the time. This is like, this is for life. This stuff is for life. So get to a point where you're like, okay, I, I maybe want like a bigger goal to train for something to keep me motivated and for me, that's like a bunch of different things and competitions have helped with that. So that's why I got into it. I wanted a little bit of like personal challenge and things like that. But over the years, I've coached bodybuilding clients and I know Shannon has. And I've I've had all different kind of clients with all different kind of goals. Um, and we've kind of worked through that as we went. Um, and that's a little bit of like my bodybuilding specific background. Shan, I know you got so much of that. Go ahead. Give me. <laughs>
1: I'm laughing when you said, oh, it's thir- that was 13 years ago. I'm like, girl, I got you so beat. So I'm 47 for those of y'all who don't know. And I started when I was 25. Um, so I, I don't compete anymore. I retired in my early 40s because that's when perimenopause hit and it just wasn't fun to try to um, get back in that shape that I was in, it just was way too hard. It just became unfun. So I just retired after 15 years, but I did get my pro card, which means you do become professional and, um, you can make money at it. Although Michelle, you and I know it's just an expensive hobby. Bodybuilding is really just an expensive hobby. Um, but the reason I got into it, actually, it started back when I was getting bullied in high school. And I remember turning on ESPN and Michelle, you may be too young to know her, but Corey Iverson,
0: Oh, of course I
1: do. Yes. They're from like the late seventies, but they were the first gorgeous, hot bodybuilder women who, you know, did it naturally and were, uh, they weren't huge. They were just really cut and beautiful. And I remember watching them on ESPN and I remember thinking, I bet nobody makes fun of them. I bet nobody picks on them. And I remember wanting that muscle to be my suit of armor armor to protect me from any comments in the future. Um, So that's when I actually got into weightlifting and bodybuilding. Um, I didn't start obviously competing. I didn't compete in high school. Um, I competed when I was 25 and I actually battled with a lot of eating disorders. I um, uh, was a ballerina. Some of you know that um, from my, from just being part of just the happy bot squad for a long time, you've heard my story. Um, And I was anorexic and there, there was just such a, battle of like body image and how to eat to be healthy and all this stuff. And I remember seeing it at ESPN and seeing the bodybuilding shows and seeing these gorgeous women who weren't big, like men, they were little like tone ripped, little like curly yes. muscles. Yeah. And they were gorgeous. And I remember thinking they look so empowering and so strong. Like I, that's what I want to become. I want to become that. And I started working with a trainer. I think even Michelle, when you and I were talking about putting together the money mindset, um, I remember going to uh, my first, I didn't know who to reach out to. I just reached out to somebody that I knew had a lot. He was in Columbus and he had a lot of clients um, in Columbus, Ohio. I'm from Ohio. And, uh, they were successful and it was, I met this girl, the Arnold, because you and I always talk about the Arnold classic. So if some of you don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger every year, there's this called the Arnold classic and it's the bodybuilders. It's, um, it's the, the best movie. guys. It's the, it's yeah. Christmas. Like it's the best. It's, insane. it's a freak show. Basically it's not, <laughs> it's <laughs> um, but, but it's, but it's really, it's so anyway, so I met, um, the trainer there and I remember I was already fit because I was a trainer. I was a personal trainer starting age 22 and I was really fit and in shape, um, but I didn't have a healthy mindset around it. But I remember asking him, how long do you think it'll take me to get ready for a show? And he said, at least a year. And I'm like, what? And at this point I was already pretty in shape and I was just really shocked to hear that. And the only reason I even threw that in Michelle, cause I know you're, you're going to like get going on this, but. Is a lot of people come into the program for six months wanting to transform their physique. And I'm like, man, you need a long time and you need patience to and really hard work and dedication to 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 even just change your body a little bit. Um, so anyway, go ahead and take it away, Michelle. I kind of probably No, no, I love that
0: <laughs> because we said we wanted to touch on all these things. This is we're just gonna we're gonna be chatting. It's gonna be a casual thing today anyway, but I like that because I think. First of all, I had a very similar experience when I first started. I feel like we all had that. Again, this was like 13 years ago, bodybuilding. So it was different. I mean, when I started, but I didn't know where to reach out to either. Like I used the one of the guys that did my sister's prep and he was terrible. And like he didn't like I didn't know anything. And I was like, oh, you know, again, I was in like decent shape. I had been into fitness. You know, my sister was a personal trainer. I was like, I got this like easy. I just got to put on a bikini and get on stage. No, it takes so much more time than that. And Shannon's right. It's very, it has a similar reflection to like this program where everybody kind of comes in going, oh my gosh, like I have, you know, 12 weeks, I have six months, I have nine months, whatever the case might be. And they're like, oh, I'm going to have to accomplish all of my goals within this time, not realizing it takes so much time to lose body fat to build muscle, to have recomposition happen on your body. So if it's slow for you, don't be hard on yourself. That's, it's literally a slow process. It's not meant to be done fast. And bodybuilding is the most extreme version of like, not nothing close to what we're doing here. It's like extreme, extreme. And even that transformation takes time. So it's a good reminder. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. and
1: And you know, Michelle too, like, even though I haven't been competing for the last five years, I still work out like a bodybuilder. I still work (laughs) out super intense. Nothing has changed. Um, and I, I honestly, and this isn't, don't hear this as me tooting my own horn, but if I had to get ready for a show, I could probably do it in eight weeks because of just the, how much I've maintained it. And it's not because I, it's not necessarily because I care so much about how I look at the time. Yes. When you're competing in bodybuilding shows, that is all you're thinking about. So, When we say this is extreme, we're saying, yes, this is, this is extreme, but if you're looking to really shape your body, you still have to work hard. And I remember, um, I, and I actually, actually, I actually did bodybuilding and women's physique. So I never really touched bikini, the bikini competitions and things like that, but I had somebody come up to me and she was one of my clients and she said, I want to do a bikini competition. And she said, but I have a feeling I'm going to have to train like a bodybuilder in order to do well in the bikini competition. I said, you're right. You're, you're going to have to work hard just as much as I do. You know, it's, it's not like you can just have a cute figure and go up on stage. Like they, they call it bikini, which I wish they didn't. Michelle, you probably agree with me. I wish they didn't call it bikini. Cause it just sounds, that doesn't sound right. But like it's, what's sounds- that? sounds like a pageant. Yeah. 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 So I just never dug that, but, um, but I, I now because of, and I, some of you have listened to my perimenopause podcast that I did with coach Alana that there's different reasons that I I'm still working out the way I did. And it's not, I mean, of course we all care about how we look. We're not, I'm not going to lie and say, Oh, I don't care about how I look. Of course we do. But at the same time, there's so much health benefit to being strong. Like my focus always was on how I looked when I was competing in shows. And now it's about, I am 47. I want to be strong. I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I want to not beat osteoporosis. You know, I mean, and that's where my head is, you know, at this age, but that's true. And, you know, a lot of times when, when people enter their fifties and they come in, they come to me, even with my personal training business, they're already in the hole, like 30 years and they have to start from scratch. So a lot of you who are in your 20s and 30s starting here you're you're ahead of the game. This is awesome. You're building a great foundation. So um yeah, I just I just had to just point out, you know, just because I'm not competing in shows doesn't mean I still don't work hard in the gym. But that's what we're all that's what Michelle and I are going to get to. We're going to get to some talking points on how to maximize your workout time and how to make it work in your benefit
0: yeah and I think just adding to that one more time I again sorry guys we literally can't stop talking but I always say that once a bodybuilder always a bodybuilder it doesn't matter if you're actively competing or not because if anybody follows any bit of the sport or you're aware of like anything inside of it you'll know that like a lot of the people who compete frequently leave years between their shows but they're they're still bodybuilders and in their off season, they're still, you know, recovering like an athlete and training like an athlete. And like Shannon said, you bring all of that stuff with you, you bring the mentality of a bodybuilder with you, you bring the discipline, you bring all the stuff that we're going to touch on now in terms of like maximizing your gym time. Like my gym time is my time. I am like super strict about it. Nothing else in my life that I'm strict about, but my gym time is like that's my time. Like nobody bother me. Like I won't turn on my phone. Like I won't do any of that stuff. So that's where we're going to dive in. So I'm sure Shannon has more tips than even I like wrote little notes on, but um, here are some of mine. So my first one, and I know Shannon can speak to this too. This drives me nuts. Um, Turn your phone off or just put it away. Like either, I know everybody wants to listen to their music, but maybe put it on like airplane mode or do not disturb mode. That's something that we use a lot. Um, and I think Jen talked about that on another mindset Monday about turning on, do not disturb and just kind of like getting in the zone, um, set your time that you want to work out for before you even go into the gym. So keep it strict. Even if you have a day that's like maybe not as crazy busy as another day, keep it tight in your schedule so that when you do have crazy busy days, you know, you could still fit your workout in because you stick to a specific scheduled time. So whether it be 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, really don't need more than 60 minutes most of the time. Keep that like time constraint and turn your phone under not disturbed so that like nobody bothers you during that time. And like you get a little bit of like reprieve. Um, I was going to say, Shannon, I'm sure you've dealt with this, but I, was at a commercial gym for 8 years of my training career and when i tell you i would walk around and i would see nothing but people on their cell phones sitting on equipment yes in that same posture in that same like forward lean that they probably sat at their desk with all day long and i always said to my clients like they would be like oh What can we use like this machine or this machine? Because they wanted to sit. And I was like, guys, I was like, you sit, you literally get out of bed that you've slept in for like six or eight hours. You go to work, you sit in a car to drive to work. You go to work, you sit for another like what eight hours. Then you come to the gym or you do something else. So then come to the gym. I'm like, you shouldn't be sitting here. You should be, you know, moving like move your body like it needs that kind of movement. So the phone. Keep it limited. I know there's sometimes emergencies and stuff like that, but think of it as like that sixty minutes, thirty minutes, whatever is your time for you. That's like a really big deal. Go ahead, Sham. You add to that. Yeah, I know.
1: no, I actually um had a personal training client um and she she was my client for about twenty years, and when we actually had our physical gym that we uh that was just our independent little personal training gym. Um, I remember when she first started working out with me, she would bring a big venti latte from Starbucks and she, which whatever, that's cool, but you'll hear <laughs> me in a second. And she was a sale. She was in sales and she would come in, like work out at seven or 8am. She was always late. Number one, don't ever be late to your workout, even for yourself. But for a trainer, it's really disrespectful. I'm just letting you know because um, they're, they're showing up for you. You need to show up for them Um, and for yourself. But um, if you, so anyway, I'm getting off tangent. So anyway, she would bring her coffee in and she would always get calls in the middle of the workout and she'd have to leave, leave the gym and be on her call. And she'd come back and then she'd, where was I? What's that? What Where was I at? I don't remember, you know, and then she'd get, Oh wait, I have a text. And then she'd go, Oh wait, let me go get some coffee. And I can tell you, this woman never had results. And I remember like one time even having a talk with her, I'm like, you've got to like tell, you've got to just not answer your phone. You have to not respond to text messages and you have to not answer your phone. And that coffee, you need to have that drunk by before you get here. Like, this is not, this is not the time to to do that. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's honest to gosh, like it is, it is one of those things that I cherish for myself um, because I do sit all day, Michelle, you you know, besides your personal training business, you sit all, you know, with, with the Jen's gym clients and your, your, your Jen's gym job, you know, you're sitting on the computer, you're have zoom calls and I'm sitting all day. And so, man, that workout time that I have scheduled and coach Alana even taught me this. Like when I first started, she's like, block out those workouts, like make it something that you schedule for yourself. And I, she was right. I needed to do that because it is time for me. I get to put on one, whatever music I love. I already have my workout, just like you guys have your workouts pre-programmed for you. I pre-program my workouts too. And I know, Michelle, you probably do this too. So even as coaches, we don't just go in and like, oh, what am I going to do today? No, we know what we're doing. We have it all down. I actually have a um, dry erase board in my, um, my garage because I have a garage gym. And I write everything down at the beginning of the day. And I get my workout equipment all ready. We actually have um, like horse stall mats, like black mats on our um, garage gym floor. And so we pull out all the equipment and I get it ready for myself so that when when it is time for me to go and work out, I am there and I don't answer messages. I don't respond to calls. It's that is my time, um, not only because I just want that that time to decompress, but th- my workout's important to me. Like, I don't want anything affecting that because that affects my my future self. If something affects that time, that affects my future self. And I want to put myself as a priority. If I can't get my workout in, what example am I setting for all you guys? So I want to maximize my my time and my workout as much as I can in that hour that I have.
0: Yeah, and that kind of lends itself to another point, which I almost forgot to bring up anyway. So I'm glad that you said that. But go in with a plan is like my, I feel like I tell this to all of my clients, even when I'm not like specifically training them, go in having a plan. I see, again, I've seen, and I see so many people go into the gym and just kind of wander from like piece of equipment to piece of equipment, or, oh, I'm going to do all the seated machines again with the seated machines. They drive me nuts. Um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that versus going in with this plan of this is the workout I'm going to do. These are the exercises that I'm going to do. You have time to process it ahead of time. Like I'm going to do my squats today. I'm going to do my lunges, you know, I'm doing legs, whatever. And you have your exercise kind of planned out. So you can kind of mentally talk yourself into and through your workout too, before you get there, because wandering around, once you get into a gym, I think we've all seen it. I know Shannon's probably seen it for so many years. It's, it's another thing that you can just see when people are kind of like lost. And then those same people have come to me for like consultations with personal training and have been like, oh my God, like I'm so like, I just feel like I'm not getting any results. Like I I do come to the gym. I I come like four days a week and I'm like, well, what are you doing when you come? And they're like, well, you know, a little of this, a little of that, a little of this. I'm like, okay, you need structure. You need a plan. I feel like that's so important.
1: I'm actually going to have Megan Brodus. You just put a mouthful of food in your mouth. (laughs) <laughs> I want her to unmute and there's a reason. So I just talked to Megan today and Megan is one of those people. So I, you know, I knew she was kind of advanced when we first met. So I knew that two full body days was something that she was, you know, she wasn't, she wanted more than that. So we really programmed her to have like five days a week of very specific. So she kind of works out like a bodybuilder, Michelle. She's got chest and back day. She got shoulder by try day. She's got core, like total body, like maybe plyo and core. She's got leg day. um, So, and then she has like her cardio, strategic cardio day. But Megan, the only reason I want you to um, unmute is because she, just like everybody else here, has an extremely busy schedule and and she's approaching month six and has not missed one workout. She may move them to a different day, but she hasn't moved a workout. And Megan, I just wanna just get your input on what, what how have you not missed a workout what what did it for you to make sure that you got your workouts in
2: yeah um so it's kind of what michelle just said about scheduling it in i'm an early morning workout person that's just what works for me because after coming back from the office after a full day of work the last thing i want to do is like pick up a set of weights or do anything related to that so what i really did um in starting this program and committing to this journey was focus on um Removing that internal dialogue of, well, if I sleep for 15 more minutes, I can maybe do it later. And like all of that negotiation that we all do with ourselves about there's always another better time. And I really said, you know what, I'm going to prioritize, I'm going to show up every day. And it makes me feel good and it gives me the energy for what I want. And I also don't want to necessarily push it off to the weekend because those are my off days to really relax and enjoy and rest and recover. And so I just made it truly a priority and it's in my calendar. It's in my schedule. And even if I have to wake up at 5 a.m. to get it done, like that's what's important as part of this
1: process. And Megan, also, you travel a ton for work. Yeah, And Megan will always message me saying, these are the dates. I'm in a hotel room, mm-hmm. no access to a gym. I'll pack my bands, put me, put a workout, put workouts together for me. She will get them done. Um, And then, or if a hotel does mm-hmm. have a gym, you know, I'll put the, the workouts together, you know, for the gym, but she is committed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this to brag on Megan and be like, oh, Megan's the best person in the world. I'm just saying she knows what has to be done. To, to get the results. That's all. And, you know, I mean, any choice we make, whether it's skipping a workout or doing a workout, it's going to result in some sort of result, not to repeat a word, but it it is, it's, it's going to produce a fruit, if you will. So, um, you know, Megan, um, one of the things that like, I, I want to ask you this and Michelle, um, I want you to kind of talk on this too. And I know this wasn't in your notes, but, I want to talk about this. Usually when I, and I'm no Megan, you're the same way. Cause we've talked about this mm-hmm. when you are so committed and dedicated to getting your workouts in, how does that motivate you to eat well how, or to eat?
2: Oh, I, it sets you right off for the rest of the day. hundred percent because it's also like, you don't want to undo anything. And also usually I'm hungry I want to, you know, eat the protein. I'm trying to build muscle, all of the things. And it just sets you up for the rest of the day. And plus you drink a ton of water and like you start off the day hydrated and you've already accomplished so much. And like the endorphins make you happy. It's just,
1: it's just real. Voting <laughs> <Starting> legally blonde. <laughs> By the way, I, some of you don't know this, but I'm also a professional singer and dancer and I played uh, Brooke Windham and the musical uh, legally blonde at a professional theater here in Cleveland. I love
2: that. Music,
1: I love. And that it music. was like perfect because I just came out of my last comp- one of my last competitions and I was already like ripped. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it was ironic that I came in and sang and danced and had the. But anyway, that was just funny. Um, but yeah, so Michelle, I mean, one of the things that I want to make clear is I, and I know you've had this too with clients who will actually be very dedicated to their workouts and they will come in. And, and be like clockwork and they will work out hard, but then their nutrition isn't always on point. Yeah. And in order to see results from your hard work, because I think some people think, oh, if I'm working out with a trainer or just doing my workouts, I should see results. Well, you have to eat a very specific way to see those results while you're working out. Um, and I know even, and in, in, I'm not even talking about bodybuilding. I'm just talking about in generalities, um, you you have to eat specifically. You cannot over calorie yourself, um, and eat things that are not going to benefit the growth of the muscle or help we build lean, lean, muscle or metabolism. Um, so anyway, I don't know if you wanted to add to that, but I know that that's something that you strongly like are an advocate for.
0: Yeah. I feel like we've definitely ranted about this before, on like a call, because this is, that is easily one of the more frustrating things that I've come across in my time, in my 10 years, um, is the concept and most people know better, right? I think people just kind of don't want to deal with the nutrition part of things because it's harder for the most part. Like I've known, I've had clients that will literally like just kill themselves with workouts. They are at the gym, you know, maybe twice a day they're taking, I still have these clients, by the way, in person, um, we'll take spin class and then come train and then take a hit class and then do another class. And yet the crazy thing is these clients aren't seeing any results. Like they're not seeing any major, you know, body composition changes, any major weight loss, like nothing. And we have frequent conversations about this. Some, you know, don't want to acknowledge it. And some are like, wait, why aren't I seeing results? Why aren't I seeing this? And it's the same thing I say every time. And I tell them, well, how's your nutrition? And I always hear back and Shan, I'm sure you can relate to this. Oh, I eat pretty good. I you pretty good.
1: I eat pretty good. I hear that all I the time. I eat good. Yeah. Good.
0: And I'm like, well, well, what do you eat? You know, like salads and, and things like that. And they're saying probably- maybe it's true, but they're saying like, you know, what they think that I they should say or that I should hear or whatever. And the second thing I always say to them, and it usually stops everybody right in their tracks is why don't you just start tracking? Like, why don't you try tracking your food? And everybody's probably heard, all of my girls have probably heard me say this a million times, but unless you track, you don't know what you're, intaking you don't really know and I've how many how many of us have come into this program and gone through that like tracking phase like just to kind of see like your you know baseline and been really shocked at like the what is in everything and like the measurements and the portion sizes of things I feel like all of us I feel like that's like a normal process that's why tracking is such an essential building block of like your health journey and almost all of my clients are like well no I don't want to track. Like, I don't want to go through all that. I don't want to do that. I'd rather just add a workout. Can I come in, you know, another time? So the concept of thinking that workouts or working out cancels out, you know, bad nutrition is a tale as old as time. I feel like at this point, and it, it never works guys. It never works. Why wouldn't you want to maximize again? That's the, the theme today. Maximize your time in the gym by supplementing with the best nutrition that you can give it you know it doesn't mean perfect but it means you know prioritizing protein and how that's not that hard you know maybe hitting your number is hard but prioritizing protein for every meal or if you're going out to eat there's always protein out you know you can get the chicken you could get you know the shrimp or whatever the case might be drinking water again I don't think it's that hard there are times when it's hard to get a lot of water down but it's something if you you know want those results it's a good thing to pair with that and then just avoiding you know super overly processed food i'm generalizing obviously but avoiding like super greasy super oily super high caloric foods and things like that again it never has to be perfect but why not go in with the mentality of I want to help myself. Like, I don't want these workouts to go to waste. That's how I always think of it. I'm like, oh, I did a really hard leg workout today. Like, I don't want to let those like gains like disappear. It's a bodybuilder thing, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, especially, you know, when you are in competition mode uh, for these shows, Um, when I started off saying it took me a year, even all those years after that, I think I, I think I did a show. I think I did one or two shows every year after that. And I, but it would take me a good nine months to build the muscle because if I wanted to improve my physique, I'd have to keep building more muscle, which means guys, your weight is going to go up on the scale, (laughs) but that doesn't mean that it's body fat. Um, And, you know, one thing that I had mentioned to Michelle and even in Alana in our podcast that we did together is that. Um, I probably weigh about, maybe about seven-ish pounds more than I did when I was in competition season, but I can still fit into the same clothes. So I'm still, you know, building muscle and build, my goal is to keep building as much muscle as I can. And everyone thinks, oh, well, that means you're going to be like this big meathead. I know, unless you're taking steroids or eating, consuming 8,000 calories a day, you're yeah. not going to get big. It's unless you're genetically inclined to, which most women are not it's not, that's not going to happen. One of the things that was a big lesson for me when I first did my very first show and it took me a year was that I had to eat, get ready guys, 3,000 calories a day to build muscle because I was tiny. And even though I was, I had a lot of muscle in my body, I was tiny compared to where I wanted to be. And I probably weighed, I probably started out maybe 125 pounds. Okay. Um, and it was my, it was 25. And, um, I had to eat 3000 calories a day for a good six months. And I had to do that in order to build muscle. And I think a lot of people get confused. Like you, it's very hard to build muscle and lose body fat at the same time. You have to have a building time and then you have your, what they call cutting or lean out period what we are trying to do here is almost kind of try and do both, which is almost impossible. Some of you are mastering it. Like Megan, we were just talking and you'll hear more from Megan next week um, on the Monday mindset too. Cause we're going to talk, talk to some clients who just really put in so much work. Um, but it's, it takes a lot of dedication. And I, so anyway, so I was eating 3000 calories of clean ingredients, guys. I didn't have a drink of alcohol. I didn't have chocolate. I didn't have a potato chip. I had nothing while I was eating those three thousand three thousand calories. And I remember at dinner time, it was like my sixth meal. And I had like at the time I had a chicken breast, I had beans, I had vegetables, and I had a baked potato. Everything plain, maybe with a little bit of seasoning. And I'm sitting there like barely I it took me like two hours to eat it. But I remember I had now this is extreme, so don't, you know, don't don't get all freaked out. I'm gonna make you eat three thousand <laughs> calories. Um but my point is In order for me to build muscle and build my metabolism, I was told, and it worked. I have pictures to prove it. I saved them. I downloaded those pictures, Michelle, in case you wanted me to show them. But I may not. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, I had to eat that amount of clean calories while really lifting as heavy as I could and as the most volume that I could. And we're talking five days a week. And I didn't do any cardio. There was no cardio at all because I didn't want to burn off any muscle that I was trying to put on. And then when it finally came down to the fact like, okay, you look like you have some bulk like now, then we started leaning me out and I was down to 2000 calories. So that was a thousand calorie deficit. So that's a lot. So then the, the lean muscle started to show. And then eventually, uh, you know, the contest time was, was it came and I never thought I would look like that ever in my life. I was shocked. And you know what guys, in the process, I gained some weight on purpose, but at the end result, exactly a year later, exactly to the day, a year later, I weighed maybe three pounds less and my body fat percent went from like 18, I think to like nine, but I was a completely different shape. Um, I think I was like a two when I started and then I was a zero, like it was crazy but everyone thought my muscles were like, so, oh, she looks so big. I was actually tinier than I was when I weighed, when I was, before I started. And and it's because of the compact muscle and the very lack of body fat. Again, we're, I'm talking, this is extreme. Okay. I'm not saying that this is how everybody has to be. I don't diet like that anymore. Like I did for, um, I don't need 3000 calories and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is it is a process that is going to sometimes be uncomfortable, So I know like sometimes, you know, the coaches will talk about how some of our clients, God bless them, but they'll be upset that they're maybe gaining a pound or two on the scale, but their clothes are looking better and their clothes are fitting better, even though their physique is looking good. That scale, guys, you got to toss that thing out because it is going to mess you up. And you know what, Michelle, I didn't weigh myself that entire year until the last three months because I knew it would mess with my head. Yeah. So, and I knew no, I gained
0: like, weight. That's a that's we could go on this maybe
1: we'll I know, episode. sorry.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I love it. This is this is this is great. I feel like it's all super helpful and I feel like everyone needs to hear it and I the scale thing, you uh, you know, I could talk about that for for literal days because I deal with it on an everyday basis with my clients and I always say people that are obsessive about the scale and it's not easy to just turn this off so i'm not telling anyone to just turn off the fact that they you know think about the scale but people who prioritize it like have this tunnel vision for just the metric of progress that is the scale and the crazy part is like you said i know for a fact like i barely very infrequently weigh myself but i could tell you that i'm probably I would compete at like 129 pounds because I'm like five eight and I'm like 150 pounds now. And like, I fit in the same clothes. Like I'm not as obviously as small or as like shredded as I was when I was competing actively, but that was only like two years ago. And it doesn't look that crazy different. And yet people would look at the scale and be like oh my god like you you've just gained so much body fat and so much weight no i've put on you know it's not healthy to stay in that like small type of zone for too long as we know with bodybuilding so it's one of those like no i feel healthier now i feel good now and it's not about for me specifically it's never been about the scale it was like you said like It's more about like the look. You need to achieve like an aesthetic. You need to, you know, feel like this. And the feeling, like I always go off of how I'm feeling, especially now where I'm prioritizing health more. So I have this conversation on like a very daily basis about the scale. We can acknowledge it. We can acknowledge it's there. We can track it, you know, and maybe not all the time, but track it. But at the same time, don't let it extinguish your ability to see all the other progress that you are making, especially with this topic, super relevant, because You know, working out, building muscle, it's a time consuming process that might change your body in other ways. It might not show up on the scale right away. Or again, as a lot of my clients have heard me say is working out causes inflammation. It causes stress to your body. It doesn't mean it's not great for you but it causes that stress. And that can actually cause an increase on the scale, maybe temporarily from the inflammation, from water retention, from all of that stuff. So it's just a very constant reminder, not to just ignore the scale, but acknowledge all the other progress too. Like focus on getting stronger, focus on, you know, building muscle and wanting to see an improvement in your lifts and your reps and like the stuff that's like really fun and like really matters. And I feel like 10 times out of 10, all my clients that fall in love with like the weightlifting itself and like the process of strength training do a million times better in this program, not because they lose more weight. In fact, a lot of them, it's not about the weight at all at the end. It's about the fact that like they see a body recomposition, they're acknowledging all this other progress, and they love their workouts. I feel like that's like one of the biggest things. I know you've had that experience too, Shannon.
1: Oh 100% and <clears throat> I think a lot of people and this might even get us to our next topic about mind muscle connection but I think <clears throat> excuse me a lot of people women and men um even if they've been exercisers they don't know how to lift weights properly and um and that's no fault of their own it's just cuz they weren't taught and they weren't educated so Um, mind muscle connection is an amazing topic. And I use this with my personal training clients all the time. And it even came up in one of my office hours, which was kind of cool. Sarah Bostrom was in it and uh, um, Georgie and Lauren were in it. And it was big eye opener for them. I don't think they under, they never heard that term before, but I never really had an opportunity to talk to them about it. So this is a great topic to listen to right now about mind muscle connection. um, Because mind muscle connection is not just Lifting weights. I used to have a client who was always about performance, meaning not in a good way, performance. I mean like she always wanted to lift. Oh, I need more weight. I need more weight. Well, but she would like use her whole body to do a bicep curl. So she was never even working her biceps. Do you know what I mean? She was a curl like 50 pounds, but her whole body was doing the work. I'm like, you will never get definition in, in your in your arms if you lift like that. I would cut the weight in half. And tell her, okay, squeeze up and feel it on the way down. And that mind-muscle connection is kind of one of the magic wands, if you will, to really stimulating your muscles and being able to to really be aware of the muscles that are working.
0: Yeah, mind-muscle connection is big. And I guess it ties in really well with like quality over quantity, which is kind of the same thing anyway that I wanted to touch on is... I feel like a lot of people get very overwhelmed and I'm talking maybe outside of the scope of, of this program where you have, you know, uh, an awesome coach that's writing you your workouts, but just outside of that, where there's so much information now, right? Like there's Instagram, there's social media, there's the internet, like people are Googling programs and exercises. And again, I see it at the gym all the time where they'll kind of come in super overwhelmed and do like 17 million exercises. And then of course, people are filming these videos for Instagram where they're doing 20 exercises in a workout. And it's just qual, It's just quantity. Like it's just more and more and more. So my thing always is, and for myself too, is quality over quantity. So stop focusing on how many exercises you can do and focus on, how well you can do the few that you're doing, like just a couple, like center it around a couple really good exercises and focus again, mind muscle comes up in this, but focus on the movement as you're performing it. Like we've all had, like Shannon said about her client, I have my big test for my clients and I have some people who really do focus and like focus on form and care about like tempo and all of the amazing dynamics of an exercise. And then I have clients who just want to go through the motion and think the more sweat, the better. And like, you know, the harder it is, the more weight, you know, et cetera. But they don't do the exercise properly at all. Literally still have clients like that. And my test always is the glute bridge, because I think I said this to you before, Shannon, when we talked about this. Yes, I have. I I will tell everybody here. I have no shame. I literally my glutes are burning within like three reps of a damn glute bridge with no weight, like just body weight, because. I, it's just been a lot of years of a lot of glute training. Like, I guess I squeeze my butt so hard on that glute bridge that they, it burns right away. Like I can't even get to 20 reps. Like it's not going to happen. And then if you add weight, it has to be even less than that. So that's always my test exercise because I have clients that like barely lift their hips up. There's no extension. Like they're just barely doing the movement. They're like, this is too easy. Like I need a heavy weight, put a dumbbell, like on my, you know, on my hips. And I'm always like, you have what, like, it doesn't make sense. Like my challenge always is to myself and my clients is like, you want to feel the exercise in the least amount of reps needed. I don't know if that makes sense the way I'm saying it, but how many reps do you need to feel the exercise? Give yourself that challenge. Next time you're working out, it doesn't have to be at the gym. It could be at home. Like how many reps of this exercise do, am I in before I'm feeling the muscle that I'm supposed to be working. For me, that's my muscle connection in like the sense, because like, if you focus on like the glute bridges are a good example. If you focus on like, okay, like I'm driving up through my heels, like again, form really, really important there. Like am I in the right form? I'm driving up through my heels and I'm squeezing my glutes. And for my in-person clients, I say this on a repeat. It's like squeeze, squeeze your butt, squeeze your glutes if you're squeezing, you should really only be a couple reps in before you feel it. Doesn't mean it's like max challenge or you have to stop, but you want to feel them faster because you shouldn't have to need 30 reps. Like 20 should be a ceiling kind of for reps is always my like max in my head. If I can get to 20, something needs to go up as far as challenge goes, but that's what mind muscle connection does for you. There's been actual awesome studies and research. And I totally encourage everybody to Google that and look for, you know, cited and like good sourced articles, like a couple of the first ones that pop up um, about how mind muscle connection improves your output on lifts and improves your results. Therefore, because of it, because you're actually focusing on the muscles you're working instead of just going through the motions.
1: I think a lot of times too, Michelle is people will stop when that burn starts too, because that's when it starts to get hard it's like, no, that's when the set actually begins. Yes. When the burn happens, that's when the set is actually starting. So if you can get past that burn while keeping your form, you know, my husband, when he was a trainer with me, he would always say good form equals good physique. And that was such a simple way to say it. And my muscle connection really like maybe in simple terms is like the synergy between your brain and your muscles. So it's like the ability to feel your muscles working to be aware of how your muscles are functioning. It's a very intentional and conscious type of activity. And it just, it really entails, you know, a lot of thinking about directly engaging your core muscles. not We're not talking abdominal muscles when I say core, we're talking like a bicep curl. If I'm doing it, I know you and I talked about this, Michelle, like I could probably make my bicep sore without any weight right now, just by doing this and squeezing it and releasing it on the concentric and the eccentric. And that's one thing too, like a lot of people will lift really hard on the concentric and then drop on the eccentric. It's like, no, you want like two seconds up, two seconds down. And now the last couple reps, you may like kind of give yourself a little burst of momentum, but that's only the last couple reps. And I mean, that burn is, that's when you know that mind-muscle connection is working. And I usually know when people are not using mind-muscle connection, when they give them, say, a lat pull-down, they'll say, oh, that really killed my biceps. I'm like, oh, you weren't working the right, you're not, you don't have my muscle connection. Lat pull-downs works what? Lats, hence the word lat pull-down. Your lats are back here. Your biceps are an indirect muscle that works secondarily to help get the 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 weight or the, the, the pulleys down or the handles down, but your lats are what's engaged. So usually I'll ask people, okay, what are you working? And honestly, sometimes, God bless them, my personal training clients that I've had for a long time, they're so not in tune. And that's why they still need me because they're not um they're not engaged in what they're doing. If they do a push-up, they'll be, oh, my triceps are so sore. I'm like, no, you're working your chest. A push-up is for your chest. So a lot of times too, and and here's another one, Michelle. Like people who do shoulder presses, they're like, oh, I feel my neck. It's because yep. they're not focused on their shoulders. So that mind muscle connection is huge. It will prevent injury, number one, makes it safe. Um, It makes it fun because you can actually feel your muscles working and it's effective. And my husband would always say that I talk about my husband all the time, but he would say, we want the workouts to be safe, fun, and effective. Those, those three things. And mind muscle connection is the best way to accomplish all three of those.
0: Yeah. And I think I saw, I think I saw in the chat, like tips on how to improve form and stuff like that. And obviously there's a lot more to it. First, I definitely recommend reaching out to your coach and sending, you know, form videos. I have a lot of my clients that they have questions on that kind of thing. Send them a form video of whatever exercise you're you're struggling with, or if you just want to know if they're all, you know, pretty decent as far as your movements go. Um, But something that always helps me and has helped me over the years, obviously I never ever started I didn't start with good form. Like I didn't, you know, know anything. I played sports, like what kind of backgrounds did I have for weightlifting, but something that helped me a lot. And obviously over the years I've pulled, you know, different things from a lot of different people, but Cues are something that really helps me. And I know Shannon, you probably have a set of your own. We all have like these unique cues that we build over time for movements. Um, back is something, like you said, lat pull down, something that's really hard for me and a lot of people to like feel and engage with because it's behind you. It's not a like a, a mirror show off muscle. Like it's harder to connect with it. And something that has always helped me. And I forget where I heard it at this point, but it's it was a cue of like, say you're doing like a bent over row is focus on like kind of having the movement come from your arm. Like you're kind of like pulling through your armpit because it will help activate your lat instead of it being all arm or raising your trap and then having it be all upper back, like to have it really hit your lats, use your armpit. And the same goes for pull downs too. And for whatever reason, that was something that clicked with me and has helped me connect with that specific muscle a lot of times you'll find and all of you will find that like some movements come really naturally to you where you'll feel them where you're supposed to. Other ones might take a little bit more time. Um, but in addition to obviously sending form videos, reach out to your coach, I would also say Google cues for the exercise that you're like struggling with. So like Shannon said, shoulder press. That's a good one. Like Google cues to feel your shoulder press in your shoulders. Like you would be surprised. People have the most unique like tricks for that. Cause again, we've all been doing this for so long. It's like weird stuff that kind of helps us. Um, For my shoulder presses, I kind of just focus on driving my knuckles, like the tops of my knuckles to the ceiling to make sure it's kind of keeping it in line with my shoulder. That's not something that again, my back is like my struggle and not my shoulders, but little tiny, little like tips and tricks that will help you and it's something that if you're new to this don't get overwhelmed like you'll develop this as you go like if we could teach you or leave you with nothing else it would just be focus on quality quality over quantity always and like focusing on the each movement so if you're you know not feeling confident about your squats again reach out to your coach but dive into your squats, like really kind of try to focus on perfecting form, you know, grab a stool. That's a great modification for a squat to learn it. I still use a stool sometimes yeah, same. Yeah. Like use it as a touch and tap and like work on sitting back through your heels. I know that's something that my clients struggle with a lot is perfecting a squat form, but really, really kind of start to focus on form because it will affect your results. I know it seems like a teeny tiny little thing. And of course, effort and consistency is first, but form should be up there really high because if you're just going through the motion, like bicep curls, like as wild as you can just to get through them, like, you will get injured. There will be an injury somewhere along the way. And I tell my clients all the time, if you're injured, you can't train. Like there's, there's no training that happens.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting talking about like, even for beginners, one thing I like to do when I'm trying to educate my clients on focusing on the right muscle groups, instead of thinking they're working biceps when there should be working back is understanding what muscle groups there are in your body. So we have legs and that includes glutes, quads. So glutes are part of your legs, th- uh, quads, hamstrings, calf. Then you have your abdom- abdominals, and there's lots of different parts of those transverse abdominis, uh, rectus abdominis. Um, and you have your back, which you have rhomboids, which are in the middle of your back. Like they keep your shoulder blades from sticking out. You have your rhomboids and you have your lats. So that's your back section you have your chest muscles pectoris um is it pectoral minor and major i think that's right Mm -hmm. and then you have your bicep and then you have your tricep and then you have your deltoid front lateral and posterior so if you understand the physique and those are just basic i'm just giving you basic physiology here if you know that going into something called a side lateral raise a side lateral raise is your delt you know that is your deltoid that's your side lateral raise. Um, or if lat pull down, like we said, that is a working, you're pulling something down or pull, or if you're doing a pull-up, uh, an assisted pull-up that works your lats. So understanding what the exercises are used for, what body part they're actually working will help that mind muscle connection and and maximize your workout.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's just like just a little basic background information. I mean, I know you and I could talk about biomechanics separately for probably two hours. Um, but just one, I know we're wrapping up here again. We will definitely have a part two guys. I, we definitely, I wrote a whole thing of notes and we got through like half of it because that's us. I expected nothing less. That's how we roll. Um, but one little thought that I always kind of think of when I go into the gym to work out or if I'm working out at home. Um, I was listening to this podcast a while ago, and I think it was like a bodybuilding, um, like motivation podcast. And they had a really cool thought that I always think of now, again, when I go to work out. Um, And he said, if I want you to think of each exercise, like when you go into the gym and you go to start your first exercise, say you're two or three sets in, or all you get in is that one exercise and then the fire alarm goes off in the gym and you have to leave and you don't have time for the rest of your workout. Would you feel like you got enough out of that one exercise like to last you? Would you feel like you had a at least a semi-efficient workout? That's how much effort you should be putting into each and every exercise. Like Think of it like that. Like the fire alarm goes off right now even if you're at your house or whatever will I feel like I did something will I feel like I got you know what I was trying to get out of that exercise or was I just phoning it in was I just not putting the effort in so that's what I'll leave you guys with tonight um yeah I I definitely didn't do it justice I know he said it differently but I think you guys get the gist of it which is what really matters um but yeah I think that's it. Anybody have, does anybody have any other questions? I haven't been following the chat really fantastically, but I don't think I saw any other questions. No, everybody's good. Anything else to add, Shan, before we wrap
1: up? Gosh, um, no, (laughs) I mean, there's so much more I could talk about, so I'm not even going to start opening my mouth because we could just keep going. But no, this was a good start. I think this was a good start for people to understand um, the importance of how to maximize their workouts too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I if will it, say one thing: if yes. you're talking and you're not aware of what number, what count rep you're on, yeah, it means you're not connected to your exercise or your your workout. I was yeah. say that. What so- number am I on? Where am I on? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I'm like ah. <laughs> that means you are not invested in your workout
0: (laughs) Get, get focused and like take your time like for yourself when it's your workout it's your workout time and use that as a challenge for yourself again if it's 30 minutes 40 minutes 60 minutes like really dive in and just focus on that and see how much more you get out of that than if you're like distracted and everywhere else so that's it ladies I hope everybody has a fabulous rest of their Mondays um and everybody have a great night we'll see all of you
1: super soon bye guys